0: That's right, at Facebook.com slash TheDinnerPartyShow. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. And you're listening to us in our studio. Yay! We're home at
1: last. We're so excited.
0: Yay. We didn't
1: realize how much fun this would feel like, but this is really, really great. It's like, I'm really thankful that we were able to put Mm -hmm. the podcast together remotely and it was kind of neat to do it from home at a certain level, but wow, it's great to be back in the studio and Mm -hmm. have the world beginning to be the world as I remember it
0: Mm -hmm. a little bit, sort of, kind of. I'm looking at your entire person as opposed to a frame of your forehead on a FaceTime <laughs> screen, which is how we've been doing it. We did more episodes of this podcast remotely than uh, we had done in the studio before the pandemic hit. I'm am amazed by I still can't believe it. It
1: seemed like we've been doing this forever. Mm, I but know. We have, kind of, because the dinner party show was also a sizable portion. But I thought we had done a year's worth before we went on.
0: It sounds like we did Isolation. about half a year's worth. We did twenty episodes. Brandon was saying here, I guess so. and we did sixty remotely over the course of the more than a year, right? right. March until through April and through May. The
1: last thing we did before the uh, the shutdown was. Record podcast. We recorded mm-hmm.
0: on the fourteenth of March, and then we never left the house again. And we were supposed to have a birthday dinner to celebrate both of our birthday dinners that night at our favorite restaurant at our favorite hotel. Now closed because the hotel of the is pandemic. Closed altogether. It's not coming back. It's not coming back. Broke my heart. We called them to cancel the reservation, and they said, "Oh, please, oh please, don't cancel. We've already set up your table." We were jo- We we were, we had people canceling on us. In that moment, we thought, "Oh, goodness, this isn't good. Whatever." This and whatever, and then I, no,
1: it was a. We were feeling like this is starting to feel creepy. We need to cancel it because yeah. we were thinking of doing it right up until, and then it was like we can't. Every this is too weird right now, and you know the government wasn't telling anybody anything because
0: yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah.
1: it was very. Everybody was kind of on their own to do what they thought was best, and I'm really glad we didn't do it. Like if I somebody am too. had come and gotten sick or yeah. whatever, that would have been. A nightmare. I mean, what a horrible birthday gift. I hated missing my birthday
0: because we went out for lunch on your birthday. That's true. But my birthday Poor was the next day. Eric. Very Poor sad. Poor Eric. But yeah, we did have a friend who was supposed to attend who said, listen, the reason I'm canceling is because I watched Rachel Maddow the other night and she has basically said to her audience, there is no national plan from the federal government for this pandemic and we are going to have to be our own plan we are going to have to elect to stay home. This was before the stay-at-home orders came down here in California, right. which really, which was really prompted early. everything. We were like we were the first, yeah. Yeah, we were San kinda... Francisco, Santa Clara County, right. I think, were the first, and then we were maybe a week later, and New York was after us, and they say that cost New York, waiting that long to close down. I don't even know if we were a week
1: later, because the day after that Monday, the 16th of March, they just said. Yeah, It's over. It's closed. The world is closed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, for us, that would have been California. I don't know if that included everybody else in the world, but that was it. I really did not leave the house again in any appreciable way until, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, I went to... I got my flu shot in the fall. Right. And then I emerged again to get my vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And I... I think that's it. Until I was fully vaccinated, I'm not sure... Other than to go get the mail and take the trash at my building, I'm not sure I went out.
0: There was a period where you were trying to walk around the neighborhood and you bought a specially protective mask to do that. And then the wildfires. Right. Hit, which is like a chapter of this nightmare in California that we all forget about. We had un- uh, the worst wildfire smoke conditions I've seen in 20 Ever. years of living Ever here. Ever. in living
1: here. Yeah. I've lived here even longer than that, like since, you know, right after the Civil War or something like that. But um, but yeah, it was... I. I I posted pictures of it on my Facebook page right. and said the air tra- the air quality rating today is beige mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you could see the air. There was no going outside in it, and so there was no walking. And then I discovered that they made folding uh, treadmills, yes, which was such a godsend. I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm in the best shape of my life, but I did not turn into Jabba the Hut over mm-hmm. the course of being confined to the house because I was able to get in my yeah. 10,000 steps or whatever, my couple of miles a day of walking.
0: When um, you're on the phone with me, usually you're doing it. I can hear the little – you're not breathless, but you're working it. Your, yeah. Your hips are swaying. Well, your feet are moving. they say that
1: if you – that that's where you're getting the best burn for your – if you can still talk.
0: Right. That's that a fat you're, burn exercise. You're
1: about the fat burn level, yep. which is what I did it for. Like, it, you know, it would be great if I was in terrific shape, but no one would see – Mm-hmm. It wouldn't mean anything to anybody except maybe the housekeeper because mm-hmm. I have to move the furniture sometime. But right, um, yeah. So that was really kind of the the end. Like once yeah. that went in, it was over. Everything was delivered. But everything has always been delivered anyway, so that wasn't that big a change for me.
0: Yeah, I, I we had the ability and the privilege to stay home during this, which not a lot of people had. But also, we were actively encouraged to do it by our state government here in California, which I know. If you has didn't been,
1: have to, you did. Yeah. Like, my hats off to frontline workers and essential mm-hmm. workers who had to go back out. And my heart breaks for people who needed to work mm-hmm. and couldn't. Right. You know, those are the people who I really feel the worst for for all of this because of the total bungling of this has shut down the economy for a lot longer than I feel like it needed to be Mm -hmm. um, nationally. Yeah. um, Because there was never a national plan until Mm -mm. this year.
0: It will just go away. That was the national Magically,
1: by um, April of
0: last year. That Mm -hmm. was by Easter. It was supposed to be gone. And then we were all going to stop talking about it when he went away, and that apparently didn't happen because there weren't enough vaccines for everybody in the beginning. But anyway, we're not going to get started on that whole conversation, but it has been interesting how coming back into the studio has made me reflect about how this right. year has gone. You and know. now
1: that government is back to being boring again, I'm <laughs> grateful for that, as opposed to you feeling like, you know, like nobody's tweeted the launch codes. <laughs> this week. You know what I mean? I just feel so
0: much better about that. I just, like, it's so nice to have things calm down. Can I can I talk to you briefly about a really stupid news story that I saw that I don't want us to let get away, even though we don't normally do the headlines here at the a podcast? stupid news oh, story? Oh, this is so is great. This,
1: is this one of those that seems like it's going to be funny, but when we start talking about it, actually it's really a serious story? Okay, there's one
0: detail in it that I really think is funny, and I'm going to to save that to the end, but okay. it is sort of a serious story. It touches okay. on a topic we talk about, which is the incredible power of social media to do terrible things, like get a monster elected president who's also an agent of a hostile foreign power, as you've said. Apparently. We're not going to talk about politics. Yes, um, The TikTok is a platform that I am not on. You're not on TikTok.
1: No. In fact, no. it's really annoying because you, people send me videos and you can't watch them without joining TikTok. And it's like- That's not- We got to
0: fix just that for not- you. not- There's a preview mode on TikTok that's web-based that I think you should be able to use because I've watched TikTok videos and I'm not on TikTok.
1: I would like to. I was able today. There was an article about talking dogs in the New York Times, um, and they had TikTok videos of them, and I was able to see some of those videos through. Okay. Through, but that was through the New York Times. Whenever when you sent me that TikTok video of the text,
0: the giant shark that somebody sent me, Yeah. yeah, I could not see that. Okay. This is not something you want to see. Okay, this was an invitation to a teenager's birthday party in Huntington Beach, okay? Project X. Or whatever, Real world. Exactly. It it started trending for reasons that are not clear to anybody. Teenagers from all over America drove in. They rioted in Huntington Beach. 150 of them were arrested out of a crowd that they said numbered 1,200. Okay, here's the detail that made me laugh out loud. The boy whose birthday party it was... Was not there. ...didn't go because he knew this was happening, had nothing to do with it, didn't know why it was trending, and didn't want to be implicated. (laughs) So So all these teenagers converged on Huntington Beach for the birthday party of a boy they didn't know who wasn't there. And they caused an enormous amount of trouble. And now people are saying social media needs to needs to curb well, what idiots gonna do say on the platform.
1: Everybody is so desperate for something to do mm. after a year. Like it's, yeah. I, I, yes, it's absolutely. But to act surprised that teenagers did stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Seems maybe to ignore some of the a, a sizable body of evidence that had existed previously. Like, yes. my experience having been speaking as a former teenager, mm-hmm. like most of the stuff we did was stupid. I look back on it and think, wow, I'm really lucky to be alive today. Right. Based I on some of the choices that I made. I don't made. see you
0: as that type of teenager though i see you in like a smoking jacket with a pipe and like you know in the library everybody thinks of me as you know who however they think of me which is great
1: and yeah. i you know like in large measure i kind of was i not the pipe but um <laughs> but the smoking jacket absolutely <laughs> right? um that that seems very much like me but yeah you know like choices about well i'm going to um I'm going to uh, drink a bottle of vodka and drive a car or I'm going to um, mm-hmm. uh, confront somebody that I probably shouldn't or I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, like a, the principal. Like not thinking things. No, I didn't feel like the principal was going to kill me, although. It looked like he
0: wanted to <laughs> a number of times. Eric's administrative opinions were not well received at his high school. And certainly my the way that they were delivered uh-huh. was
1: frequently not the, the most popular um thing. And I think the fact that I was usually right also really ah. pissed grown-ups off. Yes. Um but yeah, you know, those kinds of choices. Like just mm-hmm. I think of the things that I did traveling and um, party-wise and, you know, like, well, we can't get alcohol. There's no alcohol available because there were blue laws that prevented alcohol sales on Sunday. So we'll just drink NyQuil. You know, those Mm. kinds of choices Mm -hmm. were like, mm, Mm -hmm. you know, I try not to be too judgy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: about it, but I also try to be fully aware. Right.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So yeah. Um, so teenagers did stupid stuff in Huntington Beach. I would be willing to bet that if you broadened the the net, you would be able to find other instances of teenagers doing stupid stuff all over the country on the same day.
0: Absolutely. In I, large numbers. I, I also love that since Huntington Beach was such a hotbed of stupid this year, like mask holes and all that sort oh of stuff. God, yes. That they would be outraged that this was the latest indignity. Like they were like White supremacists in Huntington Beach protesting this year. I just, it's the Adrian piece of the story. I want to know how Adrian spent that night. Like, was his mom like, Adrian, what are you doing for your birthday? No, nothing. I'm in the basement. I'm going to watch TV. I'm we'll just be doing hiding nothing. Under my nothing, bed. mom. <laughs> it's just like, Nothing. I'm not going. I'm absolutely not going to Huntington Beach. Whatever, whatever anybody tells you, there but is yes, nothing
1: happening. I think that the point is like you don't announce
0: parties on social media. That is not an appropriate <laughs> use of social media. You just let people know about parties they were not invited to by posting pictures absolutely. of them on social the media. The Brock
1: and Bastion School. Yes, of social media. Our friends
0: Brock and Bastion, who are made-up characters that we play on the dinner party show. Um, Yeah. So you'll have to tune into some episodes
1: with them. But yes, they talk about, you know, how do you, how you throw a Christmas party that makes everybody feel bad about not being Mm -hmm. there. But that seems to me to be the social media You take a lot of staged Instagram photographs and make people feel terrible that they Mm -hmm. weren't at your super cool party. Absolutely. That is the way. Right? Okay. Because it's all about envying other people and comparing yourself to stuff that – to a fantasy version of them that they are completely staging and does not actually exist. It's like the abs on superheroes in movies that people spend months in the gym trying to achieve even though – even the superheroes in the gym don't look... Th- I mean, in mm-hmm. the movies, don't look that way except for when they get the shot.
0: Tell the story about... You read the article about the Magic Mike Entertainment Weekly cover photo shoot, right? Where they... Right. They, yeah.
1: Where um, they were literally off camera, mm-hmm. like pumping up. He's
0: indicating push-ups, ladies right? and gentlemen. Right, they would
1: do push-ups and, and yeah. lifts and whatever to and sit-ups to try and get everything as pop, as jacked and popped as possible. Immediately before the picture is taken, and then not after. My favorite is Hugh Jackman saying that what you do is for the photo that you want, where it all, where you look particularly ripped, is that you start drinking really large quantities of water
0: Mm. for like
1: a week, like you drink gallons of water. So your body becomes really adjusted to, and then like, I don't know what the time period is. I'm going to say 24 hours, or maybe the 12 hours immediately prior. You stop drinking water, and your body continues to evacuate the water at the level mm-hmm. that it was prior to you not Jesus drinking, and so Christ. you get dehydrated a lot faster. Right. And that's it's so you're
0: actually seeing dehydration. Yeah. Which is like, oh well, that's healthy. That's a that's a lovely choice. Well, I think that's a wonderful segue into the topic of Gay Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> Where the biggest question is Will I be able to take my shirt off at the parade? Absolutely. <laughs> and we will answer that for you in a moment. <laughs> Okay, so we are continuing to celebrate Pride Month here at the podcast. I kind of always am at some level, but I know that we...
1: we <laughs> You're concent- a walking
0: Pride Month, we Eric. Con-
1: I really am very proud, um, and, but we concentrate Pride celebrations during the month of June because it's right. officially Pride Month. I'm proud all year, but yes, it is a special time to pause and, and, and reflect and, and to think about, you know what it took to get here mm-hmm. and all of the people who sacrificed so much
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, like me <laughs> um, or didn't have the chance to do stuff. No, but you know what I mean? Who are our heroes in this? Because this is a big movement and there's a lot to still be accomplished, but we were a lot further along than I frankly expected to be mm-hmm. by this point in my life. And that is thanks to A lot of efforts of heroes sung and unsung Mm -hmm. throughout our culture.
0: So we went to you, our party people, on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page, and we asked you the following question: Who are your gay heroes, dearest party people? And of course, it was Shea Butters who wrote this question, so I can't be held responsible for any of the syntax or wording. Dearest party people, this weekend your not so gentle hosts Christopher and Eric are headed back into the studio. Their real studio, thanks to the miracle of COVID vaccines. Oh, thank God for vaccines and science. And they want to hear from you: Who are your gay heroes? Which members of the LGBTQ plus community, living or dead, real or fictional, inspire you to be your authentic self, regardless of whether or not you yourself identify as a member of the LGBT community? Shay goes on to say, I am confident your answers will be exciting and informative. I am also confident my employers, Christopher and Eric, will select themselves. I'm also confident Shay is going to be written up for that little question, but we'll discuss that later at our staff meeting. <laughs> Well, you know,
1: and I think it's a good point, though, that um, you should be proud of who you are, whether you're gay or not. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, I think that's a great part of Pride Month. I'm happy for everybody to take part in being proud of who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, and allowing everybody else, celebrating everybody else being who they are. Absolutely. That, I think, is really – that's the trick. That's Mm -hmm. the tricky part that has really – Tripped us up over the years, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the unwillingness of some groups of people to celebrate other groups of people for being who they are. I just I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I always feel like it's a product of having too much free time because mm-hmm. I don't have time to worry about who other people are. I'm delighted for them to be who they are. And, mm-hmm. I just I, – I, it still baffles me. Bigotry mm-hmm. is really still one of those things of like, really? That just seems like such a waste of – what are you getting out of that? Does mm-hmm. it pay well? Like what mm-hmm. is it that you're getting out of that? I just – I don't understand it.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, either. I'm
1: glad that we are to where we are and I am – let's celebrate some of the people who – you know, helped us get here. Who do the party people
0: think that... I, I, a- I want to start with one I've never heard of. Katherine Myers Grew, one of our party people, said that many people don't know him. And she's right, and when it comes to me. But Jason Ellis, he is a former pro skateboarder, then was on Sirius, and has now turned to podcasting. He's a big, loud, fully tattooed from head to toe, out and proud man, and is fierce with his support for the community. And
1: that's the, I love that, you know, and I love that you haven't heard of him. That's the the, mm-hmm. the sung and unsung part of it. Like, I think, like, the bulk of my gay heroes are the people who just chose to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the act of coming out is an act of bravery. I, I hope that it requires less um, gut-wrenching <laughs> courage mm-hmm. than it used to. But, like, just being who you are. There was a... I think it was in the New York Times recently. I'm not sure. No, it was a movie I was looking at about this couple who they raise horses in Texas and run a ranch and they Mm -hmm. are a gay couple and not recently, you Mm -hmm. know, like for a long time and have just chosen to be themselves where they are. Like, it's all well and good to walk down the street in West Hollywood holding your boyfriend's hand, but to walk down the street in Omaha or Wichita Mm -hmm. past that hateful church Mm -hmm. um, or... You know one Was of those...
0: that the the Phelps Church there I think are so there, many I think that's I Wichita yeah that's that oh Wichita? they were the ones who were
1: exceptionally hateful yeah and, yeah the, they were the, the Catholics and the Mormons people, have yeah. certainly gone out of their way to be hateful about it but mm-hmm. um funding anti-civil rights legislation and such but the Phelps people actually showed up with mean signs and stuff and mm-hmm. people's funerals and the like so yeah I I I think if you're willing to be openly gay in Wichita, Kansas, like, you're my hero.
0: You were openly gay in South Carolina. I, like,
1: yeah, I've never been a person who was, I was there was never any end for me. Mm. There was not a period of not being, like, in high school in South Carolina, I didn't, like, make a big thing out of it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't fake date anybody or try right. and be somebody that I was not. It was pretty clear to me. Um, and so discretion being the better part of valor, I probably wasn't as vocal. But there was no real effort
0: mm-hmm.
1: on my part to be somebody who I was not. I mm-hmm. didn't make an effort to pretend. And after that, it was really like after high school, it was like, you know, whatever.
0: And in high school, were you asked? Were you confronted? Did people say, are you a... Honestly, they had already made that decision hmm. for the mm-hmm. most part. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were they were telling me more than they were asking me. I don't remember anybody ever actually asking me because that would have been more respectful.
0: Mm. Oh God! Yeah, than I was
1: okay. being treated like mm-hmm. I, the assertion was right along. I would say from mm, well the onset of puberty, sixth mm-hmm. grade, seventh grade, along in there, right along that mm-hmm. there was no doubt in anybody's mind and. I didn't really, wasn't really certain until, like, I think eighth grade or ninth grade. Ninth grade, Roy Slade, mm-hmm. um, was when it was just, that it was absolutely clear to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and nothing happened with Roy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't even know what he's doing today. Hi, Roy. Um <laughs> But um, he's the kid who transferred in, and I just saw him and went, "Uh oh, wow, this yeah. is mm-hmm. this is for real. This is the yeah. the real thing." But yeah, there was not any big, and there wasn't any real opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that has happened in our culture, that is for me the biggest shift, um, is that we are allowed to exist. Mm. Most of my life. Until, you know, relatively recently, but certainly all of my young life, mm-hmm. um, my formative years, um, if you will, <laughs> I lived in a world where I was not allowed to exist.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I think that is unique among minorities and impacted groups of people. Like, maybe people don't like you and don't appreciate you and are negative and bigoted against you, but they don't make laws saying that you're not even allowed to exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember there was an English teacher of not I don't not of mine, but in the, the school system that I was a part of. Um and at some point after my graduation, repair people at his house found um pornographic gay magazines mm-hmm. in his house and it destroyed his whole life.
0: Oh my god.
1: Because you were not allowed to exist. Mm-hmm right i think i think minority cultures religious minorities racial minorities yeah. all have certainly have to deal with unbelievable bigotry and mm-hmm. and oppression but nobody is passing a law saying you're not allowed to even be mm-hmm. you have to go home and paint yourself a different color or right. practice your religion in secret or whatever mm-hmm. like we may Discriminate against you for being who you are, but you still get to be who you are. And that wasn't true mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid. So there wasn't, so the idea of coming out wasn't really, there was nowhere to come out. There was right. no way in which, and so asking somebody mm-hmm. wasn't even really a thing. Yeah. Right. Like they just, the kids, the other kids decided. And I was
0: like, turns out,
1: yeah, you're right. Mm hmm.
0: Well, Misty Becker on our Facebook page, her gay hero is her 17-year-old son. He came out to me last year, she writes, and then made it Facebook official this year. I hope he gets to live his life as he sees fit. The you world hear. is still a harsh
1: place. She it, goes is. On to it is. It yeah. is. And I hope that it's better for kids, but that's the kind of hero I'm talking about. Yeah. That kid, being who he is, is that's bravery. That's yeah. really courageous. And here's hoping that the heroes like Harvey Milk and... Patricia L Warren who I mentioned on a previous mm-hmm. podcast and and the the more name brand figures mm-hmm. um, in in the movement have helped that kid be the brave person that he needs to be because the thing that has really changed the movement is us coming out.
0: Absolutely. Frank Crumry says Harvey Milk is his gay hero. He was the forerunner of the gay rights movement and one of the first to advocate for being who we are and being accepted for it. He did a tape recording when he was alive that it was like a, a sort of mission statement. This is Harvey Milk I'm yeah, talking about. Not the, Frank. Yes, not Frank. We, we've Frank referred, may have done, made a recording yes. too, but we haven't heard Frank it may yet. be doing his podcast right now. We don't know. We'd love to listen, Frank. Um The kid from Altoona, I think is how he put it. He said, I do this for the kid from Altoona, who was a young man who would send him a letter about being suicidal and living way outside of San Francisco, which was at the time considered an oasis for gay people. Um, San Francisco was also on the mind of Rob Casey, who said, Armistead Maupin, a guest on the dinner party show here at TDPS. Totally. Tales of the City was a lifeline of hope when I was a gay teenager in the early 90s in a small town. Uh, this is not an arrogant statement, but I also have to include my husband and myself, as we've both navigated a tremendous amount of challenges and discrimination in the past 26 years to live our authentic gay lives. I'm proud of us and thankful every day we have each other. You're here. That, that, see, and this is going to get so you're mine. I picked you. You're oh, my gay hero. Wow. Because, and I said this in another interview that we did recently in a different context, you are. You are about refusing to accept second class treatment for Absolutely. being gay. It's it's one thing to come out and then bite your tongue when people use the word faggot and pillow at dinner or or say things to you like you're not one of those gays. You know, you're one of the good ones. You know, or to yeah, say that's... that, you know, your relationship shouldn't be talked about or to act as if my least favorite thing, if you discuss any sort of gay romance or relationship or gay dating situation, you are being um, sexually explicit. They react to basic details of sharing your gay life as if you're sharing a kink Honestly. or that you like being fisted in the living room right. by guys named Cleve.
1: The real news is if you mention that you've had a baby, you're talking about your sex life.
0: Exactly. And so I think there's a, there's a difference. And I think Rob just talked about having done this in his own life. And you, I think live this of, um, you have to, and demand may not be the right word, But you have to proceed as if equality springs from your own sense of self to a certain respect. You have to act as if you are equal and then you expect equal treatment. And when you don't get it, you don't play along.
1: I don't know if it's a rule, but it's certainly been the way that I've done it. I always had, you know, like it was all well and good to, you know, be able to be out and proud in West Hollywood. But, you know, I wanted to dance with my boyfriend at the rainbow room. I didn't want to have to go to a special place to be myself. I wanted to be myself wherever I was. So I did. Mm -hmm. And it was like, and people didn't like it, but Mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was just going to have to be the way that it was. I was discriminated against at school and in workplaces and in um, my career and over the years. And that's been just part of the deal because, that's why I'm I'm saluting um the the what was it who was it who was saying he was picking he and his
0: husband, Rob Casey. Rob Casey was mm-hmm. picking he and
1: his husband because being out, just being out, the greatest act of homophobia every day is staying in the closet. Yeah. That's the most number of people participating in it because it says there is something wrong with being gay mm-hmm. in a at a volume that that no bigot could achieve. Right. And I'm not, I think people have reasons for staying in the closet, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't want to denigrate somebody who's safety having, reasons, who's right, having yeah, to make that totally. choice for safety reasons or family reasons or religious reasons or whatever their right. reasons are, because their personal life is their personal life. But I think that, uh, yeah, being out is qualifications for being a hero.
0: Well, that was also the response of Stephen Wade Parker, who said, I had to be my own hero. Growing up in cut-and-shoot Texas, I was all alone and yet still surrounded by ignorance and hate. It was the Anita Bryant era, and there were no heroes to be found, only haters. All the while, I held my head high and made it through, never denying who I am. I'm sorry, cut-and-shoot Texas? I don't think that's a real place. You think he was just being, it's that... Stephen Wade Parker... I hope it's a real place, but... Stephen Wade Parker, we're calling out to you. Please let us know on the Facebook page... If you were just being clever. If you were being clever... Or if there is actually a cut and shoot, Texas. We used to summer next door to Gun Barrel City, outside of Dallas. So it's a possibility. There are a lot of different named towns. Absolutely, in Texas.
1: and and in the world, when you go out into you know the 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 broader landscape, and you know I don't know how San Francisco and Los Angeles aren't necessarily the most like they're their own weird name, the City of Angels. I haven't seen any yet. <laughs>
0: That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. (laughs) Our next response comes from Gerald Biggerstaff. We want to give props to Gerald for amplifying our work on the unsolved murder of William Arnold Newton. Thank
1: you, thank you. And thanks to everyone who has participated in getting the word out and keeping this
0: investigation of this 30-year-old tragedy alive. And if you have no idea what we're talking about because it's your first time listening to the podcast or you've just forgotten, we all have busy heads, uh, check out episodes 37, 48, 60, 63, and 74 in our library for this podcast. Those are the episodes where we talk about the William Newton murder, our uh, our conversation, our look into it, we have guests from the LAPD Homicide Unit, a documentarian, Rachel Mason, who is also focused on the case currently. That's all there. Gerald wrote about our work for Instinct, the website, so we want to thank him for that. Thank you, Gerald. Um, I have three, he says, to the response of who are his gay heroes. Marvelous. The first one is Cleve Jones. Oh, yes, Absolutely. After finding out who he is, I have nothing but respect for him. Let's tell people who Cleve Jones is, in case they don't know. He was working in the San Francisco Castro district with Harvey Milk. He was a
1: contemporary of Harvey Milk yeah. and continued the work long after we lost Harvey. Like we've right. stayed right in there despite the you know, the obvious threat. Harvey was murdered. Yeah. Um and that assassinated. Yeah, yeah. He was assassinated by that monster who got Damn off right. on the Twinkie defense. Absolutely. Um, but um but yeah, like and Cleve to this day is still active and um, keeping the word out and keeping the, doing the good work and carrying the cause forward. So yeah, that big hero.
0: Uh, re- recent ABC miniseries called When We Rise, I believe, by Dustin Lance Black, which I it thought was interesting, and that was largely inspired by Cleve's story and his history. I think so. yes. Yeah. Uh, that's available to stream, I'm sure somewhere. Uh, other than his other he said he had three. so Cleve is one. You're one, and I'm one. Oh, he said the other two are Thank Chris you, and Joe. Eric. This is not trying to suck up to them either. It's fine to suck up to us. Yes, really, we really, really, love we being really actually up to kind them. of crazy about. We that, are just so not we a are problem. Total narcissists. Everybody drink. Well, now <laughs> she's like, well, you are. <laughs> I have known about Chris since his first book, and he was the first modern gay writer I knew of at the time. How he and Eric are always speaking up when it comes to matters concerning the LGBT community, as well, goes very far, in my opinion. Well, Eric is never not speaking up. So yes. there you go. Yes. No,
1: there's there's no speaking up is not uh, my issue. Co- Quieting the fuck down seems to be <laughs> a bigger problem for me. I'm, I'm
0: that shooting my mouth off is definitely my uh, my go-to position. The mouth of the south. Okay, and now we have another one I have not heard of. Brian Smith said Bob Mould, a musician, he said I was always a fan of his music and felt some sort of kinship to him I didn't quite understand. Reading his autobiography See a Little Light showed me why. Should I know who Bob Mould is? I
1: am not somebody I'm aware of, but you he know, it's who brainer. inspires you. You know, I right. would, I would include, um, Billy Crystal, who is not gay, mm-hmm. but played the first gay character that I ever saw anywhere on, um, soap, mm-hmm. which was huge for me. And there was a point at which he was attached to play Michael, um, mm. in the, one of the movie incarnations that never got made of say uncle, my, novel. my novel.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and I, was hoping to get the chance to thank him in person. Ellen coming out on the air certainly was an enormous, powerful thing um, that somebody did. Bill and Hillary Clinton actually Mm -hmm. talking about gay people in a positive way from the positions that they were in were huge influencers in changing the conversation about who gay people are. Mm -hmm. Um, And none of those people are gay. So I, you know, like they're still heroes in, in the cause for Mm me.
0: Um, Bob Mould, excuse me, is an American musician, principally known for his work as a guitarist, vocalist, and songwriter for alternative rock band Husker Du. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly. It has, what are those German things, the two dots? An umlaut. Umlaut. It has two omelettes in the 1980s and sugar in the 1990s. Okay. But his song Dog on Fire is the theme song for The Daily Show. So, okay. All right. There you go. That's All right, Bob then. That's Good for Bob. And, you know, the people who inspire you are the people who inspire absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Simon Ammer says Sir Ian McKellen. Oh, absolutely. And just as easy and outward about it as anybody out there in the world. And what a public figure. My God, yes. What a absolutely. powerful example he is. Um, another one. Let's see. The Shannon Tyson said Adam Lambert. Yes. I mean, no... Never even a moment of not
1: being. There was never anything Frank. I love Sir Elton John. He certainly would mm-hmm. count as one of my heroes. But he was—he went through his own process in yeah. because he had to do it so publicly. Ricky Martin, the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Both of
1: them I would count as gay heroes. But they were people who really had to come out very publicly, and I mm-hmm. have great respect and understanding for that. Jody, I remember when Jodie Foster got all that shit mm-hmm. about having to come out on the Golden Globe Awards Mm -hmm. in front of God and everybody. And then she got critiqued on how she did it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, you try it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give it a whirl and see how you do it. Coming out on national television sometime, yeah. like yeah.
1: So yeah, good for good for yeah. That me and...
0: reminded me of one of your favorite recent sketches from Black Lady Sketch Show, oh, the I Focus Group. So brilliant! It's it's about black artists trying to do black characters in media, but it really could be about any minority community where, you know, they put the three test cases in there and they're just mad that the, the case in question isn't them. Right. She's not rich enough. She's not angry enough. She's not gay enough. You know, it's like, yeah. The and then cr- they
1: bring them back in and sit them in front of a mirror. hmm <laughs> Right. Exactly. And, and they're still, well, she's doing it wrong. I mean, it's yeah. still, they're not doing the, yeah, I have I have experienced more um. Discrimination from other gay people than I've ever experienced from straight people. You're not gay in the
0: right way. I know. And that, you know, like I, th- I said, I did that event with Paul Rudnick, that Zoom event for his book yes. Playing the Pals Reason. Wonderful. If you missed it, I don't know if it, is it still available
1: to know. stream?
0: I'll try to find it. We did it on Crowdcast. It was my first experience, so it may be live only, but if it's out there, I will post it. If it's it. on the Diesel site or something. It yeah. was a
1: great interview. I recommend it to you all. I I watched it on the treadmill at yes. home. It was really, it was a lot of fun. To hang out
0: with the two of them, I um, he said something that I've always said, and I was glad to hear it confirmed. Which is, the more people come out, the more gay characters there are in media, the less pressure gets exerted on every single one to be an example right. of us all. Right. So it's it's the less the 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 critiques lighten up. You know, we get to do a buffet of different types of gay people that we can have gay villains, we can have gay heroes, we can have gay historical figures, we can have gay people of different races. All of the pressure doesn't go on to the one gay movie. We're right. getting a budget for that. Right, here.
1: right. You know? It's the because there's just so
0: many to choose mm-hmm. from and it can be a whole host of different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joanne Hale also said Armistead Mopin. Somebody mentioned that earlier, but specifically his character, Miss Madrigal. She oh, was yes. the family I always. Wanted. Absolutely, I love
1: those books, and I love him. What a gentleman! He came into this, oh yeah he came in and, and did an interview with us on the dinner party show. Look it up if you haven't heard it; it's it's well worth listening to. But he was such a gentleman.
0: Absolutely, Frederick Bertolt Fritz Richter said, "My biggest hero, Tony Azito, my partner, who passed away 25 years ago today. Oh. He died during the AIDS crisis when there was only AZT." The bravest, kindest man I've ever known. And I think he posted a picture of Tony in the comments. It's very moving. Mm. Uh, I think this individual's name is Maria Soto, but on Facebook she appears as Soto Maria C., which looks like a clerical error on Facebook's part. Or well, maybe it's or how maybe it's she how you identify her name out. Soto Maria says Pierre Seal. He was a gay Holocaust survivor and the only French person to testify openly about being imprisoned by the Nazis for being gay. Wow. After the war, he was forced to hide his sexual orientation, his past, and the reason for his deportation for 44 years. Jesus Before putting his name to an anonymous testimony in 1981, he then published his memoir "I Pierre Seal, Deported Homosexual," in 1994. Seal was an activist until his death in 2005. I cannot
1: believe I've never heard of this gentleman. That is amazing, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. After surviving the fucking concentration camps, he was still not allowed to exist. Right, Yeah. Totally. You are not allowed to exist. It was terrible what the Nazis did to you, and don't ever talk about it. Yeah. Or don't ever
0: say why. Right, exactly. Because you can't be who you are. You're the victim group of the Holocaust we will not acknowledge because you're so depraved and sinful. Because there's still something wrong with you. Alex Guillaume. When I was going through a difficult period in my life, I read Christopher Isherwood's A Single Man. It helped me process a failed relationship and my father's fight with cancer. He's fine now, he says. Good. It also prompted me to watch the documentary about Isherwood's relationship with Don Bacardi. Isherwood helped me to see possibility beyond that difficult period in my life. Is everyone ready to drink? Because I have been sketched by Don Bacardi. This is about me. Here we are. Here we are. Everybody drink. It's everybody drink. It's It's about me. It's now all about Christopher again. It's about me, but yeah. I don't know where it is. I guess he kept it. I can't remember. It was an honor to be sketched by him. Yeah. He said I was a very good subject. I was very still. You know, I just went to my far away place. Were you asleep? <laughs> Did you fall asleep, Christopher? It wasn't an option because you have to uh, you have to do 3 different positions and I wasn't lying down for any of you them. You know, I that has never stopped you before. <laughs> I like to nap.
1: I've seen you asleep <laughs> sitting up in the car, sitting up on the sofa at the movie theater. I've seen you asleep in a lot of different non reclining positions. Asleep. I
0: have a sugar problem and it not it's sugar's fault. Yeah, that's it. It's, Blame it on sugar. That's how it goes. <laughs> okay. Uh let's see. Who did I miss? I feel like we got everybody Oh, so we had two women respond on the fictional character side because we made that an Fine. option. Uh I never watched Xena. I always want to call her Zena the teenage witch. It's <laughs> no, not; it's a different show. That's Sabrina the teenage witch. Yeah, Isn't Zena the Warrior Princess. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. Zena and Gabrielle apparently did they have a lesbian relationship on the show? I'm gonna, you know, I know this is going to be a shock
1: to everybody, <laughs> but I have never seen Zena Warrior Princess. So if she did, hot damn, and good for them. Yeah. Well, but she was pretty tough customer. I would. She was mm-hmm. not some girl who was in need of a man she yeah. was a, a strong powerful woman who was um out to save herself and anybody else who she happened to Yeah, like. save some pretty blonde girl yeah too. that's Looks fine like too gabrielle. good for her
0: good for her yeah Rebecca recabooza said that um and uh, rebecca brooke turner says i know lucy lawless is straight but Zena and gabrielle weren't canon I love Lucy Lawless. I love just saying canon when when you're acknowledging the the givens of a fictional universe. Canon. Yeah. Canon.
1: Canon. Just sort
0: of like that's very –
1: that's kind of literate. Yes. And very modern. It could almost be hashtag canon. Yeah, I loved Lucy Lawless in – Spartacus, she was amazing. And she's done a new uh, murder mystery series. Uh, mm-hmm. I keep waiting for season two. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but.
0: Murder is my something? I think so. Murder is my I'm Australian and I solve murders. No, it's that's really not... great. She yeah, plays a retired uh, police officer who does consulting for
1: the police and solves crimes in. Beautiful. I'm not sure where, but somewhere in. Australia, beautiful place, beautiful city. I think it's Victoria, but I'm not sure.
0: Okay, a special shout-out to our party person, Eugene Huffman, because Eugene is the owner of one of the world's greatest French bulldogs, Hiro. I think that's Uh, how you say it. Hiro, I think he spells it like Hieronymus Bosch. In fact, I think Hieronymus Bosch might be the dog's full name. He listens to our show. We have posted a photograph of Hiro sitting in your chair. Courtesy of Photoshop, I did not allow dogs into the (laughs) studio, Eric. There were no dogs in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there were no dogs in the studio. Eugene says, "Ever since my high school days, it's been Susie, which my mom thought was a phase I'd grow out of, not being gay, mind you, but my love of Susie." I'm ass- I'm assuming this is Susie and the Banshees. I I guess so. And she finally admitted, thirty years later, she was wrong about one. That one. Oh, her his mom admitted that she was wrong about it being a phase. Okay, that it wasn't a phase. Yeah. Absolutely. Liking Susie or being gay? Maybe both. I got a little confused. Let's yeah, read over the answer. Yeah. My parents go
1: through that. I think it's an old it's an old No, it
0: was not being gay. She thought I was grow, I would grow out of not being gay, mind you, but my love of Susie. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, okay, I'm going to Oh, one more. I, this one actually resonated with me because I remembered seeing this movie as a young person in high school and being um, uplifted by it, which was Tuong Fu. Anna Maria Rios Alvarado said, "The ladies of Tuong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newman."
1: Oh, that was such a wonderful movie. I love that, and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Right. My God, I still can't believe Guy Pierce isn't gay. Yeah, well, that's a disappointment. That was a <laughs> hell of a performance. He could I be gay all over never, me. Never, yeah, he, yeah, he it could was be
0: just as gay as It was as he, he wants was very me. convincing. Yeah. he was, and he's still a fine looking man. But we have to allow for the fact that people are younger than us. So if you don't know what Tuong Fu, uh, Thanks for Everything Julie Newmar is. It was a very groundbreaking major Hollywood film in which Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo all played drag queens on a road trip. Um, And it was very... uh, like It was was groundbreaking. It was really amazing.
1: It was a fantastic performance. And it was about like because they get their car breaks down in the middle in you know one of the mm-hmm. the play, the not west hollywood kinds of places and they continue to be their authentic selves in that setting and find acceptance and find their own sort of middle ground with the people who are already there i yeah. i loved it it's a it's a really fun um movie and
0: i think kind of ahead of its time absolutely totally ahead of its time totally and also really frankly portrayed the homophobic Police officer who was looking for them as a straight up closet case. I realize that's a contradiction in terms, but a straight up closet case. Oh, yeah. I think that
1: most of the bigotry against gay people is
0: closet cases. Absolutely. How did I overlook Natalie Gudermussen? Oh, my God. Christopher. Oh, my God. Natalie is one of our premier party people. She just got a new job. Actually, I think that was months ago, but we messaged about it on Facebook. Congratulations, Natalie. What's the new job? Don't ask me questions. I'm not a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me questions. (laughs) I don't want to invade her privacy, quote-unquote. Okay. Um, She answers, obviously Christopher and Eric are my number one gay heroes. Obviously. We're amazing. But aside from celebrities, she also thinks we're celebrities, which is fun. Everybody drink. The biggest gay heroes in my life are my friends. I have incredibly generous, kind, funny, and creative friends who I consider to be role models and inspirations to me. Perfect. I should really tell them that more often. Well, we're telling them now, and we're celebrities, so that means something. Make them watch the show. Listen to the show. (laughs) Well, they can watch it. Make them download it 20 times (laughs) from different devices. The one friend I want to shout out to, though, is the inspiring entrepreneur Kaylee Gilchrist. She's incredibly talented, creative, ambitious, and kind. I met her through our mutual friend, Mary Dermetius, nearly 10 years ago and have since watched enthusiastically from afar as Kaylee founded her own vegan sauce business at nonavegan.com. This is now stocked in stores and sold online across North America. Kaylee is an amazing human being and never once complained about all the times I would drop in to visit Mary and sleep on their couch in their apartment in Toronto. Three cheers for Kaylee. That's a marriage if she's not going to complain. Like, yeah, Kaylee and Mary are 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 gonna are, are on solid footing.
1: That's really that's really terrific. That's I love wonderful. that, and we're you know big sauce fans. We we love wanna- sauce, sauce and frosting.
0: We're that's our restaurant concept, right? You order the sauce and the frosting first because the cake or the the. The
1: veal chop is really just the delivery system. What you really, we know what you really want is the sauce
0: or the frosting. You know, I posted about this years ago. This is not real. This is totally just a joke. But we posted no, jokingly. No, it is no.
1: I'm t- fully planning to do right. this. Don't go anybody go right. out and
0: steal our ideas. No, sauce don't and steal frosting our idea. Our... But I got the this lovely earnest email from from an artist who said that if we were serious, he wanted to do the the art for these this chain of non-existent oh, restaurants. I and I was like, that. that's so, that's sweet, so of you, sweet of you. But we're just being idiots on social no media. we're not yeah we're we are.
1: dead serious we're yeah. dead serious um also i would say i'd like to just say that Uh-oh. i've met a lot of angels in
0: in <laughs> is los this angeles a retraction? are you issuing i a thought retraction? about that after
1: i said it earlier and it's like i think like i live here because i think this place is full of angels i think they're angels and mm-hmm. maybe they really are angels i meant literally yeah yeah like i
0: I don't know that I've met any supernatural beings here in Los Angeles, but so you were con- maybe. you were concerned about having a cynical attitude about the city you now call home no, and have called No. I have know. written whole books. <laughs> I was going to say nobody you right, wrote Right Murder
1: is just absolutely drips with cynicism about Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I love how crazy and eccentric and uh uh what's the word um Provincial, Provincial. Los Angeles really is, but um, I celebrate that, but with my eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it just seems a little snarky.
0: Also, also, on our our, Cruella Deville, uh, uh, Cruella Deville, we're going to talk about next week um, because we're having a discussion of representation in movies. You know, but. I want everybody to know
1: that it's coming out on Disney, <laughs> Disney Plus, Disney Plus. You can okay. preview it, and in movie theaters, you can actually go to movie theaters, unbelievable, and and see it. And then we will. I will. Ha- I'm going to watch it too, and we'll have.
0: You're going to watch it. You recommended a movie for me to watch because it's about gay fatherhood. Um, called Ideal Home. We're going to talk about that next week. Right. I have a connection to Ideal Home that will make everybody drink. And it's I'll all make about, it about Christopher. Me, it's all about me. Um, so, like, it, our next Pride Month episode, basically, what we're saying is going to be about representation in media because apparently Cruella has a gay character in it. You're going to give us. You're going to watch. That's what and we're hearing.
1: I. Give I have report. When I see it, we'll um, we'll find out. So yeah. So it's Ideal Home and and uh, Cruella.
0: And, and you might, yeah, it's going to be an exciting conversation, is what we're going to say. Very exciting Please download it 12 times from 12 different devices. Right, and it's like also our way of celebrating um, Father's Day by
1: celebrating that's, gay fathers. Right. Because it's that's what father's Ideal Day. Home is about, is about
0: gay parents. Christopher and Eric struggle to remember their programming meeting live on the air, even though we're <laughs> recording this and could have totally edited it out. <laughs> the wide-eyed faces we were giving each other as we right, were like, yeah, wait, really, what's
1: next? <laughs> you'll never, never know. But yes,
0: we're just making it up as we go along again this week. Absolutely. And we're glad that you were here to go along with us. And we hope we sound better, although we want to give a shout-out to our sound genius, Brandon Griffith, for making us sound great when we were recording Absolutely, remotely. and for putting up with all of the extra
1: work that he had to do because we really just did exactly the same thing,
0: although we had to push some buttons.
1: But I'll tell you, brutal.
0: I'll tell you why I, in the long run, didn't like, it, aside from the fact that it got monotonous, there were things that we could screw up on our end. Whereas if something goes wrong here at the studio, it's, it's all on Brandon's Brandon has fault. to fix it. It's all Brandon's fault. Exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> all right. That's enough ragging on poor Brandon. Until right. next week and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw-Gwen. And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Thanks. And we're proud of it. This is TDPS.